Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy Johnny Bananas, and I'm going to be covering a brand new season of the Challenge USA on CBS that, of course, I will be completely dominating on my podcast, Death Taxes and Bananas, on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Head over to that feed and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Which championship victory is a bigger deal? Hook winning the FTW championship mm-hmm. from for the former Jungle Boy Jack Perry or EC3 defeating Tyrus for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Dave, this is bait. I know what you're doing. This is bait. <laughs> and I'm not falling for it because I... I, I could have picked Sarai. I'm trying to give you more of a, something to work with here. You could have, but you didn't. I appreciate that. But no, uh, I actually love me some EC3, bro. Like, I was a I was an EC3 fan uh-huh. for, for a minute. And uh, he's one of those... And this is the most legendary title in the history of the sport. It is the 10 pounds of gold, man. Like, it's... it's Man, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, I, I didn't necessarily pay much attention to the, the, the title's previous holder. Uh, but I'm gonna pay way more attention now. So nah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. EC three, man. EC three deserves. EC three deserves like a. How a, on a earth something. is this the answer? EC three deserves just... something. He does. He does. Like I like everybody. This is the longest cold open answer, by the way. But like, I love how years and years later, things went from LOL TNA to like, oh, actually TNA was pretty dope, right? And you see all these perk angle clips and the ha ha ha. You also forget like a big part of what made TNA dope was EC3. And I like EC3 and I hope he was dope in TNA, yeah. Shit, LA Knight, who we all love, TNA, like AJ Styles, TNA, like TNA... A lot of great stuff comes out of TNA first. And EC3 yeah, okay. might have been... So you like EC3, like that's EC3 fine. But, it's a a, lot. but he just beat Tyrus yes. for the NWA championship. Thankfully. That's a bigger deal? That's a, a huge deal. Over the FTW title? Who's, yeah. I'm good. I'm straight. Like, I like I like the Jack Perry. I, and listen, I, according to reports, Ooh. we might not be seeing a whole lot of Jack Perry in the future anyway. We'll talk about that. So, uh, I mean, you know... <laughs> Give me let let AC three get some burn, man. I'd love to see him get a get a run right now. He's he should get the run that like 
uh, Matt Cardona got. You know what I mean? Like, just an indie, just fucking darling for a couple of years. But it just didn't happen for some reason. But we'll see if this I think Tyrus. I think Tyrus should get that run, man. Oh, God. <laughs> run. The run is I don't know, run, a is run is the word using him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about everything. All in. Brawl in, too. And, of course, Electric Bray Wyatt. Bugaloo. Let's start the show. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. It's Masked Mondays. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, shoes. How about yourself, man? Good, man. Uh got a few days distance from the 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 tragedy of Bray Wyatt passing away. Uh you and I haven't talked about it. I talked to Rosenberg about it on Friday mm-hmm. uh on on this feed. Um just incredibly shocking news, man. Yeah. Uh I, I I'm still kind of I'm still kind of reeling from it cuz I was a big Bray Wyatt fan and yeah. Um you know it, it always sucks that, like, you know, things like this have to happen for, like, true, like, art and genius to really be appreciated. But I think, you know, now that we've had a few days to kind of let it breathe and the shock is still there. But, you know, with that shock, we've gotten the, the beautiful tributes on SmackDown and All In and just going online and seeing all, like, the great moments he's gotten to give us. Like, mm-hmm. it's um, it's absolutely sad. And and heartbreaking for you know JoJo and the kids and you know all everybody that was close to him because you know he he you know yeah. he was definitely uh he was a special dude man um I you know I, I I always reference my time at WWE for a little bit and um I just started immediately thinking of like damn like do I have any like Bray Wyatt like memories or just stuff that he was about when I was over there and, and he was uh, doing the, the broken mat stuff when I was over there doing the, the, the leaders mm-hmm. and uh, they had just broken up maybe like two or three months or a couple of months into like my tenure over there. So Bray got to be off TV for a while, but um, you know, so he was kind of gone and still sort of like refurbishing himself, but I'll never forget that. Like out of all the people who I've seen, like actually at Stanford at headquarters um, mm-hmm. working with people, uh, Bray Wyatt was one that stood out the most because I remember he would come in with all these just like sketches of like what would turn out. Like come to into be- like a creative pitch meeting? No, yeah, well, it's different, right? Like we would have a creative pitch meeting, uh, you know, just about, you know, what Raw, SmackDown or whatever. And then, you know, every once in a while, if somebody's like either getting called up to the main roster or, you know, getting a, a, a re- a redo on their character or something like that. Sometimes they'd come up to Stanford and run it by Vince face-to-face or run it by some of the head writers at the time. And I remember Bray coming by and Bray pulled up and, you know, he's typical Wyndham, just mad, affable and 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 cool with everybody. And he had a really special relationship with two writers in particular. Um, uh, 
I don't know his last name. We just call him Nick the Dick. But he's an extremely super private dude. But, you know, we call him Nick the Dick because he's a dick, right? Like, but he's a, just a uh, an incredibly, like, charismatic guy. And, you know, I remember Bray would come with all these sketches of... I think he was working with, I don't know the dude's name, but he was working with some, some horror movie legends and some, you know, some, some movie prosthetics guys that like won Oscars and all this stuff. And just like, I remember seeing like the training wheels on what would eventually become like the fiend character, right? Like I saw like a little bit of fucking rambling rabbit and a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, the mask that he was putting together, some of the old mask that eventually was used for this Uncle Howdy stuff. And, you know, he just had so many ideas and he was just, you know, watching him in like a creative element was like a crazy thing because you would think there was something a little off about it, right? But he was just so, the way he talked, like, was passionate and... He just had a specific sort of charisma that like just made you like like him. You know what I mean? Like he was just a real likable dude. And I didn't I don't want to, you know, make it sound like I had like a, a ton of interactions with him, but that was just something that was just really noticeable, right? Like and um on top of that, it's intimidating. You know, like I'm coming in as a creative writer trying to help do the show and I'm already a big fan of what this guy's already doing. And mm-hmm. um you know, it's definitely intimidating, but it's it's so for as tragic and sad as it is that he's he's passed um at such a young age, I think this weekend we got to really step back and look at all the stuff he did get to do and all the stuff that he did leave, you know, um in this in this industry before he even got to turn 40, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um it's it's a tragedy. Um it, it almost you know, uh Top Dollar said something sort of similar and I wasn't going to bring it up until you know but he said it but it kind of reminds me of like when Nipsey Hussle passed away right where you know he was mm. at a point where he was he's got this universal acclaim for the first time where whereas for years he was sort of like this underground oh if you know you know type of you know fandom and at the same time he passes around the age where you feel like he had so much more to give, but he already mm-hmm. did so much at such a young age, you know? So yeah. um, it's 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 terrible and it's tragic. And, and my heart goes out to his family and everybody, uh, his friends, uh, close friends that were d- deeply affected by his passing. But man, um, to, to put it in, in, you know, in a good, to try and spin it to something positive, which is what I always try to do in these sort of situations, like, It'd be really interesting to see some of the lasting impact he has on sports entertainment going forward, right? Like yeah. Seth Rollins had something in the um at a at a premium live uh, at a house show this past weekend where he's basically saying, you know, when I stop the music and everybody sings my song, like I stole that from Bray. You know what I mean? Like that was something, yeah. the Fireflies. You know, we seen um. House of Black come out and do the tribute with the lantern and the fireflies mm-hmm. and seeing all these, you know, the tattoos that everybody got, the most of the staff and some of the wrestlers, bra and all those guys. Like, it's going to be sad but beautiful to see what his legacy is now because a dude that creative and had an impact on that many people within the business and being yep. a second generation guy. I mean, um, 
it's going to be interesting to see just his lasting legacy because uh, he he already left us with so much, even though he was on too soon. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's funny because he's he was such a so larger than life, uh, which you can say about a lot of these wrestlers. But he's larger than even most of those, most of his contemporaries, most of the other wrestlers in history. Um, it's heartbreaking. You know, everybody knows I did spend a lot of time writing about dead wrestlers. Yeah. And the hardest, I would say that the hardest one I had to write uh, was um, Chris Canyon. Mm. Because he was the first one that I wrote the date, like an actual obituary for. Like I was writing, you know, years after some of these people had passed. Mm-hmm. Chris Canyon was the first person I wrote about the day that he died. Mm. And it's really hard to grapple with the legacy of someone who should be in their prime. I mean, with all these wrestlers, dude, it's like Hulk Hogan just turned 70. He looks like Hulk Hogan, yeah. right? I mean, we're, they, they, they're they they're ageless. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and even the ones that, that retire and, you know, go on and, you know, get fat and let their hair go white or whatever. It's like in your mind, there's still that guy at WrestleMania 10, mm-hmm. you know, like it's and it's and so it's just hard to fathom. But when you've seen somebody so recently, when you've had conversations out loud about what this guy's going to do next in the ring, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard to deal with. Bray's are really special. Not larger than life might be an understatement, but he's, he meant so much to so many people, I think, because one well, in his most recent iteration, he was able to be himself. Yeah. some within the context of the story. And you could really see how m- much the whole business meant to him. Um, but he was just so talented. I mean, the, the I said when I was talking to Rosenberg on Friday, it's like, yeah, cult leader gimmick or whatever is fine. But like in Bray's hands, it became like a metaphor for fandom, right? I mean, it was like, it was, this is what pro wrestling is about. And I mean, it's crazy. It's cr- like, it's, you can point in any direction with him and find some like significant metaphor for, I mean, Jesus Christ! He's saying he got the whole world in his hands. Yeah, and there's like no, there's no one in the in the wrestling business for whom that phrase is more applicable than Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah, they said he he was over. He had all this shit going on, and you know, all his gimmick was like so big, but he was over from the moment he looked his put. He looked his eyes into the camera, like all he had to do was look in there and sort of wink, and he was just over, and. Um, that kind of talent is really rare. Yeah, um, it's 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 unique, man. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to experience his entrances, I mean, if you didn't get a chance to have, you know, I, gosh, I was front row at the Royal Rumble for the, I think, the first Fiend entrance, I think. Was it the first Fiend entrance? No. This was his first uh, entrance as champion, I think, going against Daniel Bryan. And... Everything about him was just captivating, man. Like, I felt like after the wink you just mentioned, like after he went from Husky Harris to what we knew as Bray Wyatt, um, there was just something that was just universally captivating from the music to, I don't know what the hell this dude's saying, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm, he's talking. He's not yelling at me. So I'm naturally going to listen in and, what the hell is he? What, what's what is he dropping on me right now? 
And on top of that, that's a Jake the Snake thing. It's like the, if I talk quietly, you have to listen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And you know, even just the metamorphosis he had, you know, uh, the Firefly Funhouse, and just being able to bring legitimate horror to mm-hmm. WWE, like well, like legitimately, like uh, you know, tactics that are used only in like specific like genres of like cinema that we've never seen before used in WWE or any form of sports entertainment that he brought that he's he's going to be credited with for the rest of time as long as yeah. wrestling is on TV there's they, g- come on I mean and let's be honest like if you saw that stuff on paper you'd be like you know 10 years ago this is like, ridiculous this will never work yeah <laughs> exactly this is like this is ridiculous like the the fact that he came as close to you, we always talk about The Undertaker and how, you know, as quote-unquote real as WWE leaned into with the Attitude Era, they stayed with mm-hmm. that supernatural shit with The Undertaker. Yep. And I think if you if you straw poll a bunch of people who are big wrestling fans and ask them what really over gimmick probably wouldn't work in 2023 if it started in 2023, you'd probably say a supernatural gimmick. Right? Like, it's hard to pull off. Like, House of Black do a pretty good job of it, but, like, more or less, you get more Mordecai's than Malachi Blacks, right? Like, it's, it's, you get more whack dudes than dudes that come close to that. And I think the standard. Well, I mean, the House of Black doesn't shoot lightning or, like, do anything, like, spooky, you know? I mean, so it's, yeah. But, I mean, there's a way to do it, but it's almost impossible to do. Right. But I I say all that to say, you know, the fact that all of us, that either talk about wrestling for a living or just fans on social media or whatever, like, every single one of us believed Bray Wyatt was the rightful heir to that gimmick. Mm-hmm. To that gimmick of, okay, this is like, we're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. This is a, a faux sport or whatever. But, like, what I'm going to do, I'm really going to take you guys over the deep end and, mm-hmm. and do some shit that is solely entertainment, almost. You know, almost solely just for entertainment. And um, that's a lot. That's a heavy load to carry. And he carried it as good as anybody we've seen since The Undertaker. And that alone, I mean, would be enough for a lot of people's legacies. But, you know, he's a former champion. Like, he's, the you know, the the, the Wyatt family, the Shield, six-man tags are some of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, he was in Nexus. He was with CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like he kind of touched so many things in in such a little amount of time. And you know, yeah. it's um, it's 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 still tragic because he was only he's my age, only thirty six years old. But it's crazy to be able to give that much, um, in such a short amount of time only speaks to his greatness. So it's gonna be beautiful to kind of see how his legacy lives on from from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus, it's just so sad. Yeah. It's just so sad. I mean, but it's, but you're right. You look on the bright side or whatever. You look to the future. Um, I mean, that's all you can do, man. It's tragic. Uh, you know, kids lost their dad, bro. Like friends lost a good friend. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you know, it's the second time in what, four years that we're dealing with a sudden wrestling death like this. And they just all happen to be in a stable with each other. Talking about Brody Lee. And mm-hmm. this is hot. This is tough, man. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, like I, you know, this is a tough weekend to be a wrestling fan, man. Like, it's I feel I feel anybody who's just like you know, still reeling from this. But all we can do is is try and our best to 
you know, move positively and, you know, look to the brighter days, man. That's all that's all we can do on this world, man. It's true. It's absolutely true. Uh well, rest in peace, Wyndham Rotunda, um Bray Wyatt. Uh it's just crazy. It's crazy to think that we'll never be fantasy booking his next return. You know? <laughs> I mean, I was ready for a Bray Wyatt Cody Rhodes you know, road yeah. back to WrestleMania. It seemed, I mean, if I'm playing Monday morning quarterback, like that seemed like the layup to have, right? Like I almost felt like Bray was coming back. Bray's going to be Cody's last test, like his last hill before he can go in and go head up with the tribal chief. And um, man, that's um, it's unfortunate. It really is. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, awkward transition now. All in was last night or last after yesterday afternoon. Yes. That was a big show. Biggest lot, biggest gate, according to Tony Khan mm-hmm. of all time for a wrestling event. Love it. I love or it. Most attended, most tickets sold. Um, crazy, man. I mean, we knew it was coming, but just seeing them in there in Wembley. I mean, how, how stunning was that? It had everything. I am, um, man, first off, golly. How much do you love afternoon professional wrestling, right? <laughs> well, I, did, I love it. I didn't watch it in the afternoon. I was busy. In the you didn't? Afternoon. Oh, but, it was but, it's a, but But no, but it's the best time to watch. It's the, it was the perfect time. Um, Incredible show. I thought, you know, it had everything. We even got the Brawl Out, the Brawl Out sequel. Brawl, brawl Out 2. Brawl do we start 2. With that? Do we start with that? Or, or? <laughs> ah, we can come back to it. We can come back to it. Should we go through matches first? and then? No, no, no. Let's, let's talk Brawl Out. Let's, brawl, let's go Brawl Out 2, Electric Boogaloo. Let's do it. Are they working us at this point? <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, which is impossible, but it's my job as a host of a show to say the thing that is, we're talking about. Yeah. Everybody knows the history of backstage brawling, fighting in AEW, yeah. CM Punk. Fairly recently, was fairly recently back from an injury layoff, but prior to that was last time we saw him. He was fighting with the guys from the elite backstage. Over whatever perceived grievance. This time, uh, Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, formerly known as Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. um, he like yelled something about the windshield being real glass when he took a bump on it so into the that. camera, which was a comment, which was a, a comment about a rumor that CM Punk or they had not let him use real glass for a spot in on Collision, and so when they were backstage. They got into it a little bit. While Punk was on the way out for his match, Punk said something like, "You got, we have a problem." And then there was a little fracas. Jungle Boy maybe sent home. Mm. 
I have um, I have an eyewitness account. You do? I do have an eyewitness is it, account. Wait, wait, just to be clear, this is not a joke. This is, you, you actually have like a, a word from somebody who was there? I'm just going to read what was in my DMs. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> from a reputable source? A very reputable source, absolutely. Okay, great. A very Fill reputable source. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even put it out there if I thought it was some it was some cap, but this seems to line up with what a lot has been said out there. So, quote: <clears throat> Jack Perry came through the curtain. Punk stepped to him and confronted Jack about taking a jab at him during his match. Jack said, "Quote: What the fuck you gonna do about it?" To Punk's face. Punk swung on him and pie faced him. They shuffled and Punk put him in a choke, and they got the fight broken up and separated. All this 20 minutes before going live and Punk was the first match. End quote. <laughs> um, oh my God. Let me tell you. Uh, if we're getting worse. Wait, how do you swing on somebody and then pie face somebody? It seems like it's kind of one or the other, right? I feel like if you miss, if you don't really connect on the on the first punch, I think the pie face is the okay. next. Yeah. You know, you want to disorient so you could sort of re- Re-aim re-establish? Your, yeah, re- yeah, re-establish your fighting stance, I guess. Um, nah, even if we're getting worked, can I be honest? Can I be honest, Dave? I ask if we're getting worked because it's like, do we? is every show going to have a backstage fight that <laughs> then that's all we talk about the next day? Can I be honest, Dave? Yeah. Can I be honest? Yeah. I kind of love it now. <laughs> like, I was definitely on team. You don't know. You're going to mess this thing up. This is you know, a great opportunity you guys have and, you know, be professional and how you guys can be fighting, blah, 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 blah. I got to be honest, yo. It's entertaining. <laughs> like, it keeps me... In- there's intrigue. There's, there's, there is an air of real Housewives of Atlanta to AEW now because not only are you interested in what's going on on screen... It seems like every week you're finding out something that's happening off screen too. That is almost just as interesting. And um, I, I'm glad that we got a Real Wives of Atlanta, Real Housewives <laughs> of Atlanta reference here because normally it'd be people watching a Real Housewives show saying this is like pro wrestling. Exactly. But, yeah, but okay, we got it. We got it the other way around. Exactly. Now. I I don't think they're at a point where listen, AEW. At this point, I think all press is good press. And the fact that CM Punk, you know, ever since he's come back, has lived up to his billing of being, you know, uh, a cult of personality, but also being possibly hard to work with and all these other things that you might have heard about him. Like, I'll be honest, he keeps things interesting every single week. Like, he probably hasn't had a match that I can go out and say it was like a top five match since like the MJF encounter. But everything this guy happens to do is interesting for all of us. It doesn't matter. If it was, if you put any other name besides CM Punk in Pie Face Jack Perry and put him in a headlock, does anybody care? Nobody no. cares. Nobody cares. He's just a interesting guy. Well, this is the issue. If you're just say if you're the, the owner of this company and you actually don't want people fighting backstage, you know, there are a lot of people that were like, you can't let Punk come back. And when you came when he came back, it's like, well, you can't let Punk have total control over the show. Yeah. Because he how how will he think he's learned his lesson about what happened, whatever, no matter what the real story is from the original brawl in, brawl out, brawl in. Bra- brawl in two, <laughs> brawl out, brawl out to brawl in. 
Electric yeah, Boogaloo. Too. Um, but now, they're, but they're right. You you raise another point, which is there's a there's a there's another layer to this, which is it's not just that you won't learn. He's not just going to be. A, I mean, the worst case scenario is he's a guy who's just like I can punch somebody in the face and still get my way and not get in any trouble. Right? Well, but there's uh, another. But there's another level to it, which is now is this guy. This guy could be saying. I can punch somebody in the face, not get any get any trouble, and get way more over, get way more publicity than anything I'm going to do in the ring. That's what I'm saying, yo. Like, if we're getting worked or not at this point, I don't even care. I do I, not listen, care. I don't think we're getting worked. You have a firsthand source there. There's a lot of no one seems to think we're being worked here. I will say, I didn't think any of the other stuff, any of the previous backstage stuff, was a work. Okay. But immediately when I read this, I was like. All these rumors about the backstage collision stuff seem to be sort of placed. And I'm just, and I was like, if CM Punk is thinking, I re- like what I, if CM Punk knows what we know, which is the best thing for business is a match between him and, him and Kenny Omega with all the real world blood in the backdrop, right? Mm. And if he also knows that's never going to happen, wouldn't it be a good idea just to make a new one that he can <laughs> control? Um, maybe. Maybe. I I mean, but now, I mean, this is what makes it so interesting, right? The fact that this happened backstage, the precedent has already been set that it's probably going to be addressed on stage, on camera. And you have a pay-per-view to sell this weekend, which happens to be in this dude's hometown where he's basically a Christ-like figure in in there, right? So not only... Does he know that, like, what are you going to do, suspend me for all in? Like, of course not. But that spot. All out, yeah. All out, sorry. That spot, the fighting CM Punk in Chicago spot is a coveted spot. So if Mm -hmm. you're a jungle boy, maybe you're like, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get that spot somehow, and I'm going to just go and start some shit. I don't know if maybe that's what he's thinking. But it's like, if you're not going to be the world champ, if you're not going to be out any of the champs on, on AEW, fighting CM Punk in Chicago at a pay-per-view is as big as a spot as there is in that company. So... Uh-huh. I guess we'll know next week I if, guess they we're actually, know. if they have a match. I guess we'll know. I don't think... I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they take advantage of this. You know? If it seems like... It wouldn't shock me at all if they took advantage of this. I, I think they actually should. I think if, you know... That is not from your source. That is not from my yeah. source. No, this is just from me. Um, I'm I'm saying if... I think Punk would be down for it. But... I don't know, man. A, a, a word is he got sent home. Is, is, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy got sent home uh, during All In. And uh, maybe that's what makes this a little bit more intriguing if this is real or not. But I'll tell you this, man. There's, if CM Punk has to be that guy that is pressing people backstage, um, which is, looks like has been the, <laughs> which looks like has been, it has been the, the stories that have been leaking online for everybody. Yeah. A small part of me kind of respects it. I can't lie. Like, I think politically it's probably terrible, but like, you know, there's one or two ways to handle stuff, man, in life. And one way is we could do it <laughs> diplomatically. And once that doesn't work, <laughs> like, 
And the other way is just brawling in the locker room. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's like the old west. It's it's there's what's more old west than professional wrestling? Like True. we could we could talk about it, or if you feel some type of way about it, we can handle this like gentlemen, you know. And a small part of me kind of respects that. Like even if I don't know who's in the wrong, right, or whatever, but we'll see. We'll see where, what what collision and dynamite have to say about this whole thing. Now we can get to all in. <laughs> all in it was another long one but it was a re- it was really good mm. i will i'll venture to say this is the most variety show and oh, no, variety shows this is i don't want to say what i'm about to say because mm-hmm. it's going to sound backhanded one way or the other this was the most like wwe <laughs> of all in the, of all of the aew pay-per-views and it worked out really well for them i think i don't think they should all be like this but this was melodrama and silliness and you know comedy there are so many different elements mixed in it felt broad even the serious matches felt broad in a way that they don't always feel in AEW. i really enjoyed it i enjoyed most of their paper i think all their pay-per-views yeah this episode is brought to you by anytime fitness we're not all professional athletes but we all have health goals that's why anytime fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. But anyway, I'm going to play a little game. Let's play. What we got? I'm going to call this the real world champion. All right. It's a reference to CM Punk. Of course, we're going to talk, we're going to say, I'm going to go through each match. We're going to say who won. Now you, you have to tell me who really won in the big picture. Mm, Okay. Like winners and losers style. Who is the winner of the match? And it's can be just one person in the multi-person match. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'll dig that. So, uh, I'm going to skip. No offense to Aussie Open, but I'm gonna I'm gonna skip uh, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher's joint because we know who lost that match. Not a great look for them. We can move on. All right, we just talked about Jack Perry. So Hook reclaims the FTW Championship from Jack Perry. Uh, Hook is your winner. Is he the real winner of this match? Um. I guess the not. real world champion of this match. Sorry, I got to stick with my rubric. Is he, <laughs> Hook is the winner. Is he the real world champion of this match? He's not. He's not the real world champion of this match. Um, and you know, I'm big on Hook. I think Hook has a huge, bright future. Uh, but we just mentioned it, man. We're all talking about Jack Perry and what happened backstage and him talking to the camera and saying, "Hey, you see that? That's real glass in the middle of a match." Like, yeah. you know, a lot of times he, you can. 
and 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 Jack Perry wrestled a hell of a match, right? Like on top yeah, of that. Yeah, I mean, even in even in kayfabe, like he was in the on top for most of this match. Yeah. Like it, there's a, you can make a lot of cases. Here. Yeah, yeah. Even the match, he wrestled a hell of a match. So it wasn't like he went out there and and phoned it in after getting into a fight with CM Punk. It was a hell of a match. This I mean, was before the fight with CM Punk. This is before the fight. Yes. Yeah. But you know, it was um looked good to me, man. I I think I think Jack Perry is uh starting to find his heel wings. I'll, I'll say it took it's yeah. taken him a while, but he's getting there. Oh, maybe the way to get over is to get in all the dirt sheets. Um, I, this one is a toss-up minus that backstage incident, but I agree. I mean, I think I think the fact that you're giving Hook the title kind of says all you need to say. Jack Perry's presumably on a bigger and better. Hook is, Hook looks great. I mean, Hook's finally putting it together in a way that I think I kind of got complacent with him. Like I wasn't real a real big hookhead to start out, mm. and you know he's just really green. Mm. And I'm kind of guy. I don't know if he plateaued, but in terms of what we saw on TV, it sort of plateaued a little bit. And then uh, he looked really good yesterday, man. Real good. Yeah. So good, good on him. But yeah, I think Jack Perry. We're talking about him. He's the real winner of the match. All right, CM Punk retained the real world championship by defeating his old rival Samoa Joe. Who's the real world champion of that match? The real world champion of that match is the real world champion, CM yeah. Punk. I mean, he Samoa Joe though. Uh, did you catch his new show on Peacock? Uh, Twisted Metal. I watched like two yeah. episodes, but my son says it's amazing. It's uh, I have not tuned in yet. I've heard good things. You. I've heard good things about it. But Samoa Joe looked great. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's it it's funny because there's so many dudes who are kind of you know in the second and third act of their careers that we watch on a regular basis. But it's relatively rare that you get two of them in the ring yeah. together. Yeah. If for a big, big match, because usually you're putting over a younger guy or whatever, and it's rare that you get, the, you know, you can watch a CM Punk versus MJF match and have a conversation about how CM Punk has evolved his style as he's gotten older, as he's gotten to a different stage of his career. But it's interesting to watch two guys who we have on tape wrestling 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, and you can see that now we're seeing them again. And they're still both at the top of their game by some definition. You know, and, and it's, it was really interesting to watch them work together. I really, really enjoyed that match. That w- that might be the one that I go back to the most, where I just like, oof, I just want to appreciate what's happening here. You know why I enjoyed that match? That match was wrestled like two guys who's wrestled in the stadium before. Like, they oh, yeah. they knew exactly which beats to hit. Like, e- like even like the... The typical, like you said, this is the most WWE like show that they've ever had, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, as we get down the card, I'll I'll tell you exactly what I mean. But like, there was definitely stark differences in matches of people that are used to that environment or have performed in that environment before and know what. You does mean well. like wrestled at a WrestleMania? Re- yes, wrestled in a, in a fifty thousand plus like yeah. stadium, like wrestling in a football stadium is is a uh-huh. lot different than wrestling in an arena as as is wrestling in a a a civic center right like there's certain matches that just gonna hit better you know in specific arenas and joe and punk came in there and they knew that man uh it was hard hitting it was wrestled smarts um you know punk kind of playing this tweener uh for the past several months has really been hitting with me uh and just really knowing that like man this dude really knows how to play the crowd like a fiddle he knows how to feel like rocky in one arena and then he knows how to be an asshole in another one with like mm-hmm. with with the with the flip of a hand Samoa Joe is still the coolest dude in wrestling to me like I still yeah. just love everything that this guy does and how he talks shit and how he's, he's he's just awesome 
Um, I really enjoyed that match. I thought that was really good. And the great opener. I said it in the last couple episodes. The three most important spots in the car is the, the opener, the closer, and the show stealer. Perfect opener for that night. I thought it was awesome. I agree, man. Love that one. But you're right. Punk is a real world champion in more ways than one. Next, we had the uh, six-man tag match to catch them Bullet Club Gold against the Golden Elite. Um, uh, Takeshita and Book Club Gold got the win. I mean, I think it's hard <clears throat> to anoint a real world champion in this match that's not the borderline rookie that got a pin over Kenny Omega at Winley- Wembley Stadium. Uh, you want to make a case for anybody but uh, Takeshita being the real world champ of this match? Nope. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was definitely the move. Um, uh, I wasn't that big of a fan of this match. I had a lot of high expectations for it, and it was just like it was it was cool. It was all right. Yeah. And um, you know, uh at at the very least, they went with the result that is gonna get people talking, which is, you know, the young dude going over, you know, Superman, Kenny Omega, the I, wrestling, the god of wrestling. You know what I mean? I gotta do a deep dive on Takeshi's run because it feels like when he first came in, it's like they're really pushing him to the moon, but it has been relatively a slow burn. I mean, it's not like they're just like making put him in world title matches, and it's helped. It helps AEW that some of that their very top guys are not necessarily the guys holding the belts, right? Right. Uh, so you can actually put somebody in a big time rivalry without it, like you know, without it not necessarily hijacking the the, the world championship storyline. Um, I was trying to think of a historical comp for Takeshita, and. I know there must be an obvious one, and I but I can't think of who it would be. Mm. I mean, who like man? I mean, in WWE, it would be like Kurt Angle, like you know, someone who someone who comes in the door, okay, and fans and bookers alike are just like, oh yeah, well, that's a world champion right there. Mm-hmm. But like, we're gonna let it simmer a little bit. And we're just, you know, like okay. you just sort of go along for the ride. There's, I know there's better, there's a better comp. I mean, like, because it's not, a, it, Kurt's not just really as far close. as, as far as how he's booked, right? Not necessarily like, you know, match style and moveset. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not about, not, yeah. Just, okay. just in terms of booking and ceiling. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. I mean, there have been dudes, I'm trying to think, guys who popped up in, um, I mean, you know what? I mean, I guess like Sting when he like first turned up in Turner, like whatever when they when they when they when WCW you know bought the competition and okay. and uh, and and Sting came along for the ride. But like, does is is Edge a decent comparison? Like, no, because Edge was a freaking Edge was a member of the of the Brood, right? You know, Edge was like, Edge, but before like, the Brood, most people he was... worked their way up. He walked. Takeshi walks in the door, and everyone's just like, "This is a really good pro wrestler. You're going to be excited to watch him for the next twenty years." Oh, okay. And everyone's like, "Okay, oh, okay, gotcha." But then he's gotcha, also gotcha. super over. You know, he's also like, and he, and he lives up to the hype like immediately. Gotcha. Okay, I, I understand the comparison much better now. So yeah, I, I guess Kurt. I, I said Seamus, maybe. Oh, that's a good Sheamus comp. Seamus is, is pretty good. That's a good comp. Yeah, that's definitely a good comp. Um, um, but the work rate too is just like so off the charts. Yeah, yeah. Like they, make- there's no, there's no like this guy's getting shoved down our throat. You know, I mean, even even in the old days when it would be like, whatever, man. When like Wildfire Tommy Rich was on your TV, you're in, in the ladies in the front row, or you know, going wild or whatever. You're just like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm like, I'm a kid. I'm into this too. But like, you know. I don't think he had like a hundred percent approval rating and like, you know, <laughs> this will yeah, whatever. Um, 
Uh, just slandering Wildfire Tommy Rich for no reason. I love <laughs> Wildfire Tommy Rich. Man. Love that man. Um, yeah, but anyway, Takesha, there's a real world champ for you right there. But I agree. Match wasn't everything it might have been. I just don't think there was room on this card for this match to be that good. I wonder if they're just going to do Omega Takesha next week. I feel like that's the move, right? Yeah. It feels like that's what they're going to do. Um, and then, if they do, what do you do? Because Takeshita now is there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This whole storyline, they've kind of been slow burning it. Like I said, they, they, he's bubbling along. Now he got the pin. They're going to have to make a big deal of the pin. But I almost feel like Omega winning is the move. Because at this point, you know, normally I feel like you would say, oh, one of the VPs is like got their win. Like you, that's never the surprising outcome. Right. I feel like if you pulled a thousand wrestling fans, like 900 of them would be like, oh, yeah, Takesha's got this. Because of that assumption that, that you know, they're trying to put him over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like Kenny Omega winning would, would, would at least add some like spice to it a little bit. I don't want Takesha to get to go from, you know, Kurt Angle to Cena sucks. Right. Because people get tired of it. Right. That could happen. Um, I don't know, man. Chicago's a trick tricky crowd it's a tricky mm-hmm. crowd so i think that always sort of plays into it um it feels like kenny omega hasn't had a big win in a long time and i don't know if this would qualify as a big win for him would it like would it would it feel like oh man kenny omega's back if he beats this dude or well to catch it because it well because don Callis is involved they can paint it like a big win or whatever but i i don't i mean that's part of the issue, man. I mean, he's he 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 can put some people over. Yeah, I mean, it's a pre- it's been a pretty long build with with this Kenny and, and uh, Kanosuke uh, rivalry, even dating back. Yeah, to... Yeah, I, th- I think to answer your question, Kenny in any match where Kenny goes twenty minutes feels like a big win. Okay. If he gets it, you know, it's like I, I accomplished what I set out to accomplish. I impressed you all, and you know, now I'm going to celebrate in the spotlight. That's right. You guys can cheer. That's a big win. It's a big win for all. <laughs> all right, FTR. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. FTR won, somewhat surprisingly, to retain the AEW World Tag Team Championship. But who was the real world champion? Oh, Cash match? Wheeler in a walk. <laughs> the biggest world champion. It was a Cash that. Wheeler squash match are for you, the real world championship. Are you kidding me? Does anybody get off better than this? Uh, I mean, obviously not making light of anything that he's had to deal with legally. But I mean, considering how bad it could have been, there could have been no match. There could have been no match. This mm-hmm. time a week ago, not only is there a match, they go over and he, you know, it's a springboard 450, like does all these incredible things that, you know, uh, you've known FTR for. Uh, definitely wasn't one of my favorite matches on this sh- on the card. Uh, I thought it was a little, I thought the ending was good. I thought it was a good finish. Like the, the last five minutes is really good, but there was definitely spots in yeah. there. I'm like, all right, they could have. Uh, uh, they can wrap. This it was up, a good so. finish, and that, and that finishing maneuver was really, really well executed yes. and well shot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel like I've seen that before, but I don't, I don't feel like it's been like. I mean, some things like that before, but not with that impact. Yeah, no, nah, it was tight. I mean, I like the. It seems like it's not over between them. Young Bucks didn't shake their hand afterwards, so 
maybe uh, they run this back with a stipulation or something like that. Um, since that was the rubber match, and one would think that is the, the yeah. What are, what is the what what industry term or what sports term are we going to use instead of rubber match now? Because uh, it should be a bigger deal. They're wrestling a fourth time, but we don't have a thing to say. I don't know. I don't know. It's the pickleball match. It's the. It's the, it's the, it's the it's a two on two now, right? You gotta match oh, yeah. them. I don't know. It's a terrible reference. Um, nah, I, I I don't know. I wasn't, you know, it seemed it seemed like a match that was gonna get a lot of hype that didn't really live up to it, in my opinion. I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. But I was yeah. like, yeah, it could have been maybe like five minutes shorter. You know, there was definitely certain parts that felt like there was definitely a couple. Uh, it just can't. I mean, whatever. It's, it's 21 minutes long. I mean, I guess it could have been five minutes shorter. I think so. Uh, I think so. There was definitely a couple of uh, uh, non-believable kickouts where I'm like, yeah, you're, of course he's going to kick out of that. Of course he's going to kick out of that. It wasn't like the last three minutes where I, where I had like legitimate. Oh, wow. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought it was over then. But um, it was a good match. And Cash Wheeler is definitely the <laughs> in a walk. Uh, the real world champion of that. Not going to dispute that. Uh, Stadium Stampede is up next. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and Penta um, over Blackpool Combat Club members John Moxley, Claudio Casagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta, along with Santana and Ortiz. Um, is Santana officially Mike Santana now? Is that it? Is that what they're going with? I don't know. His, his, his Wikipedia hyperlink has been altered. Um, <laughs> Who is the real, of course, uh, Kingston's crew won uh, thanks to an Orange Cassidy glass-covered Superman, glass-covered fist Superman punch to uh, to Claudio. Uh, But who was the real world champion of this match? um, This might be the toughest one to pick for me. Uh, I got got Moxley in one hand because, you know, on the week Terry Funk passes away, you know what I mean? Yeah. He goes full funk and mm-hmm. it, it's his, it's his element, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like when a famous singer passes away and you're waiting for that next young say, Oh, she's, she's going to kill that tribute. You know, you know what I mean? Like yep. <laughs> every BT awards when someone passes away and they're like, Oh man, such and such is going to kill that, you know, Whitney <laughs> tribute or whatever you knew, you knew Moxie was going to bring it. So I'll definitely give it to Moxie on that end. But Bro, I am I am so close. Moxley, I will say Moxley is definitely the real world champion of his team. Yes. But I'm so close to naming Orange Cassidy my favorite wrestler of the year, man. Like he is he is This match he, did more for I, I totally agree. He is this right match there, did more bro. for me for Orange Cassidy than than just about anything else. And not I cannot make an argument for it. Yeah. Just, but just watching him get the win felt like such a big deal in a way that like doesn't a big win doesn't always feel this like the same level of big win? I don't even know. What were you gonna say? No, he's just he's just he has found that stride that like wrestlers like fiend to have, right? Like he's become the mid card darling. Like he has become the guy that the workhorse mid card darling. That no matter what show you put him on, you know he's gonna have a hell of an ending, have a hell of a match. He's over as hell, and um. He gets those like great comeback slash babyface reactions that mm-hmm. like gosh like it's almost like the only thing you compare it to is like Hulk Hogan and Hacksaw Jim Duggan right <laughs> where it's just like just do it in his pocket. That's who I always think of when I think of Orange Cassidy. I mean yeah, just just in the sense of like there's one dude with the hoe and the the hulking up and this dude in the pockets. The pockets is just always 
gonna be something that gets people hype. And um, mm-hmm. man, he's just been killing it all year long. Like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting vote for whoever ends up being uh, wrestler of the year for many people's See, many people's uh, eyes. I wouldn't shock me if he was wrestler of the year, and I don't think it would affect my. I don't think that to me. I don't really care. Okay. But this, but I mean, I you know. If he wins, I'll just be like, well, they're working off of a different metric than me, so I whatever, you know. But like, oh, I still got the tribal chief very, very firmly number one. Oh, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to win. I'm saying like, even if he, even if I disagreed, I don't know. Like, Orange Cassidy's such a specific taste, gotcha. sort of sometimes that like I could. It's not like it would really bother me. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but man, that was a great showing by him. Big shout out to Trent, who was just like hanging around the ring, bumping his face off, like <laughs> left and right. I, like I feel like every time the camera came back, it was just like Trent's taking a neck first bump <laughs> into a ladder that is misplaced God. on top of a chair. You know, like um, he looked really good. Everybody looked great in this match. Penta had some big moments. Like you said, Moxley got the big, you know, wooden barbecue skewers to the head spot, mm. which, yeah, American mainstream wrestling has been begging for <laughs> for a long time. Um uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, I, I got to give it to Orange Cassidy too. I think this really was the icing on the cake and, and I enjoy him all the time and I'm not all, I don't always put him in the same breath of match the year candidates or whatever this he's up there. He really is I mean, wrestler of the year. Sorry. Uh, it, really good. Really, really good showing by him moving on. And I apologize to uh, all the fans listening for the audio of the preceding 30 minutes. My recorder stopped recording, uh, and now it's back on. It happens, so, bro. It's all good. Hopefully, I sound a little different. <laughs> um, next, we got the four-way match for the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, Sarai obviously won. Sheeta came in as champion, lost the belt. She didn't get pinned. The other two in the match were Tony Storm and Britt Baker. So, Soraya is your new champion. But who is the real world champion of this match? Mercedes Monet. That's oh. exactly. Oh. That's exactly who's the real world champion of that match because that's all anybody could talk about. I mean, I, I felt like it was going to be a Soraya night, but when you spring for Queen uh, on the licensing fees, it's like, oh yeah, you're not wasting this. So um, it was pretty clear that it was time to put the title on her, and you know she is still the most popular one of the most popular women's wrestlers on the planet. Um, so I'm not mad at it, especially happening in Wembley Stadium. But there's a story there with her and Mercedes, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that Mercedes initially, Sasha slash Sasha Banks, uh, was the one who injured Paige and had her out for uh, a good duration of her career. So, I mean, there's a story right there. And... You gotta know, Mercedes either probably got a check just to show up at the show, and is gonna get an even bigger check to eventually have that match against Soraya for the AEW Women's Championship, or to show up at a at a. She's got to be under contract. They're not putting her on TV just so Nick Khan can call tomorrow and just be like, "Hey, what do they give you? We'll give you more." I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's a matter of money with, with, with these two. As much as you know, I don't think. I don't think there's a dollar amount Tony Khan wouldn't pay for Mercedes Monet, but I think it's more strategic than it is about who's going to give me the bigger bag with with Mercedes. Obviously, she's injured. So. I'm just saying she must be locked in 
from both sides. Like, why would she be on TV if that if there if there wasn't a locked in match for her and presumably Sarah? For sure, I think I think she's definitely locked in for for some big appearances for big matches. There was very, you know, I read what Sean Sapp was reporting, but there was a whole lot of very specific language that they used with Mercedes Monet, and they just kept saying appearances what? and in talks for possible appearances down the road or possible matches and. It would seem to me. What she, did Sean? What did Sean report? Well, they reported that they're they've only just been in in uh, contract talks, and there's been nothing signed, nothing's official, and um, you know, it seemed to me. Yeah, no, they they they've got it pinned down. I would I, to me, it feels like she signed, but if she was injured, not injured right now, we probably would have had something a little bit more than an appearance. By this time, I definitely think her recovery plays into plays a little bit of a part into oh sure the the cloudiness of it all. But yeah, I think the next time we see Mercedes Monet Russell is probably going to be in AEW and probably against Soraya. So she's the real world champion of this one, and they need it. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean we got some nice Soraya Tony Storm, uh, you know, outcast inter-outcast squabbling going on in the match. They were able to tell that story. Sheeta looked really good. Mm. Um, obviously, in terms of like abstract legitimacy, she could use a longer run with a title, but they might go... And this is another one for all... I mean, do you think they just... Is there any way they're just going to do Sheeta, Soraya, like have her invoke a rematch clause and just go straight up and do that next week? I don't know. I mean, if you look online, it feels like there's a lot of people who are just aren't happy with the direction of the women's division in AEW. So it feels like if I I don't know if, if pulling the trigger on something so quickly is the move, maybe like you do a little bit more with the women to probably satisfy that audience and not just, you know, click that trigger quick. But if you do, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, it seemed like that's what the, the, the story they were telling during that match. And, you know, hopefully it, it would be more than one women's match on that in that card. And that's just another non-title sort of um, non-title sort of uh, match that takes place. Well, you're talking about Soraya Tony Storm. No, I was talking about uh, Tony Sheeta. Oh, Tony Sheeta. Yeah. I was talking about, but they just do Soraya oh, Sheeta shit. at the next Sorry, one. Oh, shit. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, maybe. I guess they would, I guess they would invoke the rematch cars. Sorry for, I must have, I must have heard differently. Um, yeah, it seems like, it seems like the right way to go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cars. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, I still don't know what Soraya is like you know, works like, you know, how many matches, how, how much she's going to wrestle. Like it's, there's, you know, obviously a lot of question marks there, uh, but it was really cool to see her come out as queen with the whole family. Yep. Um, at that point it was like this, she's going to win, but who cares? It was so great. It was, it, that was a lot of fun. She's definitely the world, the real world champion. Um, Darby on and sing over Strickland and Christian cage, uh, in a coffin match, obviously. Darby and Singh are your winners. Who's the real world champion here? Ooh, man, that's another tough one. Um, I thought Swerve was great in that match, but ah, Sting, come on, man. Like, came out to Metallica, the old school WCW entrance. Then, yeah. mm -hmm. This dude, man, like, he's just, he, he, he continues to defy age and still be over, no matter uh, what decade it's it so is. It's so true. I I'm almost I'm almost tempted to say Sting you know Sting's the quintessential doesn't need the championship guy. So maybe you don't give him the real world championship. <laughs> That's true. Uh but I mean listen, 
Swerve may have gained more than anybody in this match just by being positioned to be in this match, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a close call. But, and the reason why I'm giving it, I would give it to him and not Darby is because you watch Darby walk out there and all of a sudden, in my mind, Darby is now elevated to the level of like an elite dude, no pun intended, right? Yeah. Like that's one that sort of sunk in without me noticing it. He was like Sting's kid brother and now it's like, oh no, it's just Darby Allen and Sting. They're co-equals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know, man. So he, I mean, he's, you could put him up there too. Uh, this is a toss up for me because you can just make a different case for everybody. I, it was one of my favorite matches of the night. I thought I thought that was a I thought it was a clear show stealer. Um, yeah, it was really really it was good. Really good. Swerve was how excellent. they keep pulling those matches out of Sting. I will. I do not know. <laughs> it's, Man, it's a lot of fun. Sting Sting's ability to make me think he shouldn't be doing this, and oh yeah, no, of course he's still doing this. Is is razor thin. <laughs> every single yeah. match, every single match, I'm like, oh man, he really shouldn't be doing this. And then when the match is over, it's like, oh yeah, of course he's still doing this. Is he Sting? Like, why wouldn't he? Be? You know, and that's you mean wrestling at all, or you mean like some of the spots the that he does? Spots, man, those coffin spots. I think, you know, like, it's really weird that I don't mind this, and I, and I do get like nauseous watching a lot of dudes take certain bumps. Mm-hmm. I just really don't get the impression. Never have gotten the impression. That Sting was a st- like that Sting doesn't care, <laughs> right? Sting is the last guy of all of the wrestlers of our lifetime in my mind who's like maybe I'll be in a wheelchair, maybe I won't. <laughs> who cares? Like that's never been Sting. That will never be Sting. So I just kind of feel okay watching him because I'm like, whatever's happening, he's being smart about this. He's very careful, but it still makes your stomach turn a little bit. You're still like, uh, yeah. just like, yo, this dude is 56, 57? Mm-hmm. You know how old he is? But that's the beauty about being an attraction in wrestling, man. You can do this shit for the rest of your life if you choose. And yep. that's what he's doing. Yeah. It's like Undertaker, man. When he had that like silly John Cena match, I was just like, this should be the new streak. Just have him come out and do this every year for the rest of his life. Of It'll course. be great. We, no one's going to complain. It'll be awesome. Except apparently the Undertaker. He'd be, he should be the new Pete Rose. Like, just come out every year, have a quick match, and just, just add to the record. <laughs> I, I, I do not disagree. All right, moving on. Will Ospreay over Chris Jericho. Um, well, Osprey's your winner. Who's the real world champion of this match? Before I give Osprey all the praise, uh, Jericho again wrestled a hell of a match. I thought he was he was awesome in this. He looked great. He looked he looked great, Jericho. I mean, you can you know give that credit to Will Osprey in part or whatever you want, but man, he looked Jericho looked great. By the way, Jericho, if I had to pick, have one nitpicking note about Chris Jericho. And this is part of least because this is what you're left with. Mm. It's that he didn't look beat up enough when he was flipping the bird at the end of the match before he took that last, uh, what's it called? Yeah. What's the spinning elbow thing called? But but it sort of worked because Jericho was like, had so much energy. He was like, he, he was a different person during this match than he's the last few times we've seen him work. Anyway, I assume I know who you're going to give the championship to. Yeah, got to give it to Will Ospreay, man. He looked like an absolute megastar that night. Like the entrance... The I called him. He had a Peggy Carter version of Cody Rhodes's uh, entrance, uh, just with the British flag oh gosh, yeah. instead of the American flag. Uh, but he looked like a megastar, man. And um, you know, uh, obviously being a Wembley Stadium, getting to work a guy like Chris Jericho, probably the biggest match he's had in his career. 
Uh, and he and he, t- he made the most of it, man. Chris Jericho was a great opponent for him, too. I think he was a great base. Um, mm-hmm. That was my whole thing. I'm like, is Chris Jericho going to be sturdy enough for Will Ospreay to do crazy Will Ospreay shit, which will make yep. a stadium go nuts? And that's exactly what happened. Um, I think that, that was like a Tiger Driver, like Frankensteiner spot into uh-huh. a powerbomb that looked incredible. Um, and it was a great match. But Will Ospreay, if, you know, if he was trying to up his value in the next six months, like he definitely added another zero to it after that match. Like he looked like an absolute megastar uh, working with Chris Jericho. He he got it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, no, we'll see. His contract is up. It would be it would be a real weird it would be a real weird future if. I mean, you, you don't know, think you don't six think, months from now, like Mercedes Monet and Will Ospreay, where we're working for WWE, yeah. you know, <laughs> Will Ospreay comes up out of the right after Cody Rhodes wins the the Universal Championship, mm-hmm. and then Will Ospreay comes up uh, underneath the <laughs> underneath the stage like he did, just with the British flag on. Is like I see you next year in Wembley, bro, or yeah. something like that. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But I don't know. Um, Will Ospreay was awesome. And he's always awesome. But it just seems like more people need to know about him. And uh, I think they know about him. I think I they think, know I think, more about I mean, him. What, what wrestling fan doesn't know about no, him? No, not saying wrestling fans don't know about him. I'm just saying, you know, he's he's al- always been like one of the on the top five list of wrestlers that you just have to watch in person or just oh, have yeah. to see. And uh-huh. not in the same, you know, notoriety as like those a-list wrestling names, but he's gotten there in the past two years, I'd say, as far as just yep. name recognition. But, you know, there's, I think there's always more mountains to climb and wrestling Chris Jericho in front of 80,000 people. That's another notch to him being just a mainstay in, in everybody's minds. Yeah. And he seemed, I mean, judging from his tweets, seemed incredibly grateful for the opportunity. So, yeah, we'll see what happens in free agency. But, uh, you know. You can start to make some assumptions. It was that was a stupendous match, man. Absolutely, I really I enjoyed every moment of that one. Even the Fozzie performance at the beginning. Not always a big fan of Fozzie performances. Oh, are you kidding me? That is the listen. This is Jericho's biggest moment to get to sing <laughs> in Wembley Stadium, doing the full Freddie Mercury. Ayo, ayo. Yeah. Doing that. you could tell he's been wanting to do that shit since he was like three years old, and. I can't hate on somebody for taking full advantage of that shit. It's like, oh, I'm definitely having my band perform and I'm definitely going full Freddie Mercury and then I'm going to wrestle a 20-minute match with like one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Like, big night for him. He wasn't capping. It was great. Oh, so good. It was just so much fun. Um, uh, what's next? So the trios match, trios championship match, house rules, no holds barred, Billy Gunn and the acclaimed defeating Trio's champions, the House of Black. You called this one. Uh, Billy Glenn and the Acclaimed are your new Trio's champions. Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King had a great tribute to Bray Wyatt at the beginning of the match, but they're no longer your champs. But who is the real world champion of this match? Um, Man. Uh, Caster. <laughs> I'll go oh. Max Caster. Um, Daddy ass, man. I feel like I've I've given a lot of props to the old guy, so I didn't want to go th- a third old guy in a row <laughs> and just give I mean, it to Billy. It's a huge Gunn. night for him. It was but a yeah, huge night I... for Billy. Uh, but you know, I thought Max Caster's freestyle was dope on the way in. <laughs> uh, 
but you know, uh, yeah, his his biggest concert attendance record too. So you know, him and Jericho, I think both set personal bests. There you go. Of. There you go. Um, they were tight though, man, and it seemed like the the trios titles needed some, uh, some some new some new life breathed into it. So uh, it seemed like the right thing to do. So I'll- well. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I I wasn't really pro this when it first, you know, we were talking about it last week, but the Acclaimed have a really special thing. Yes. Uh, They're super over, they're talented, they're whatever. They got the, you know, one of the rare sort of like homegrown acts, fully homegrown acts Mm -hmm. in AEW that you really, that that have reached the pinnacle that you can really, the fans have such an emotional investment in. And there's a feeling for them every time they win a big match it's the same feeling as like the first time they did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every time they win belts, it's going to feel like the thing we've been waiting for for five years, even though they've done it many times along the way, right? Because they're silly. That's a really special thing. Because they're silly, right? Like there's something about like a silly act because they're almost, they're almost never supposed to win, right? Like they just seem like you got this old dude and you got two guys who were basically jobbers for like the first third of their AEW career found something became tag champs and even as tag champs they were still kind of like underdogs in a lot of matches and I think they were underdogs Mm -hmm. in this match too but you know they got that thing where every time they have a big win it feels like it wasn't supposed to happen because you said it they're a homegrown talent and most of the times they're going up against guys who have been established for a long time Swerve Strickland Keith Lee Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, like people you've seen on TV for a long time already. So anytime mm-hmm. they go over anyone, it's almost like they 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 got a new notch on their belt, a new notch in their crown of being legitimate guys, not just this silly act with the freestyles and the scissors and the pink and all this, you know? So um, I feel like... Yeah, and to be able to get over despite, I mean, I don't know if despite's the right word, but, you know, while you do that kind of stuff, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I... I they they are a really really impressive tandem, uh, and you know they win me over new every time. I mean every time they go out there too. So I mean it's it's really 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 incredible showing by them. Um, I don't really know how to split it up though. I'm just going to give it to the acclaimed. There you go. You, know, you don't have to give it to Daddy Ass if you don't want to. I mean he's there to get them over. You know I mean he's there to add to it. It's, it's you know he's there. He's an AEW to be a mentor. You know. Um, let's see. Oh, main event time. Yes. MJF retained the AEW World Championship uh, over Adam Cole. A lot of shenanigans in this match. A lot of uh, it's heavily booked, as they say. Although I enjoyed every moment of it. I don't think I nothing that no no nothing I say here should be read as anything other than praise because it's this match was f- stupendous. Um. MJF's your winner. Adam Cole didn't turn heel either. We ended with a hug. I think my only complaint is when all the dust settled, it was sort of like, well, I know we got all out next week, but like, was this, this was all in Wembley Stadium. Like, should this be when the story comes to an end? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it's, I'm happy they did what they did because this is what we were asking for the whole time. Keep this story going. Yeah. What they've got is magic. Anyway, MJF's your champion. Who is the real world champion of this match? Um, I think MJF also. Uh, you know, you mentioned it. 
Um, this is something we kind of wanted to see. I think the surprise would have been what we just saw, which is nobody turning and staying friends, right? Mm-hmm. And um, MJF, uh, the fact that he's this over with like the biggest moves he did that entire night was a suicide dive, a clothesline, a double clothesline. Uh, and and a and a drop kick, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like he's just he's he could do this forever, man. Like we talk about the stings and the and the Billy Guns and the Jerichos and the guys that do this. Like if if MJF wants to do this for twenty years, he very much can. If his body allows mm-hmm. him to do it, and and the way he wrestles, the way he, the way his character is so much more of an enhancement to what he does in the ring and not the other way around. He can do yeah. this for 20, 30 years easily. That's why people gush over him. It's not because he curses and says things that shouldn't be said, like mentioning WWE wrestlers and shit like that. It's because he's a student of the game at the end of the day, and everything he does is super protected and plays into something that he's already worked into his character, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's always a simple ass move. Like he did a, he did a, he did a regular ass, mid ass suicide dive, <laughs> and Wembley Stadium reacted like he did a, like oh, a, like God. a corkscrew four fifty, <laughs> you know. And then obviously when they double clotheslined each other and they had the double count out, and uh, you know MJF says we're not leaving until we have a winner in fucking Wembley. It's like that's that's. That's your franchise player, AEW. Like, that's the dude that you want to keep this title on for as long as you possibly can because um, wrestling fans are going to come with you if you let them in. And I think MJF, out of anybody character-wise, has let the fans in for good and for bad more than probably anybody. Like, as a heel, Mm -hmm. as a heel, he feels touchable. Like he'll curse you out, he'll embarrass you on your on your on your autograph line, he'll talk shit about you, he call you dirty, sl- all these type of things. And as a good guy, he'll let you in. He'll talk about having ADHD. He'll talk about being picked on as a Jewish kid yeah. and all this other shit. And everything he does has a purpose. So that's why, to me, wrestling in stadiums, like the dude was made to wrestle in stadiums. Everything he did had a meaning to it. Yeah. The, the like and it was simple shit. It was stuff that wasn't dangerous and it was stuff that meant something because he followed along with the storyline for so long. And good thing is it's going to continue and I think that's the smart move. I want to see how far they can take this. Oh. I want to see what they do next week. This is the one that I'm like I desperately want to see what the next move is. Mm. Because it just all feels so urgent. I'm going to give the real championship to Roddy Strong. And I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. Although Adam Cole probably has raised himself in my eyes more during this feud than MJF. I think watching uh, Adam Cole walk to the ring, you realize, damn, Adam Cole's never really had this crowd either. Like, even though he's a guy oh, that's, no. that's been around the block, he's never wrestled in front of 80,000 folks as the main event. So no thinking way. about everything he's gone through, it's like, damn, that dude really came a long way. Just in general, talk less of the injuries and, and the concussion stuff. Like, he's come a long way, just period, just to be the main event here. And he held up his end of the bargain, too. I thought he was great. Yep, totally agree. Um, well, that's it, man. That was all in. They're coming back next year. They announced it. Tony already announced it. Oh, yeah. 
Wembley Part Two. It's gonna be great. It's a it's a new annual tradition. That means they caking, man. They eating good over there after doing Wembley back to back. They eating yeah. good over there. Damn, we should make that trip, man. We should make that trip. All right, maybe, maybe we will. Yeah, it seems like a lot. It's a, it's it'd be a lot of fun. It would be. We gotta we gotta do a we gotta do an overseas. I don't know if they're gonna trip. let you in after your assault on British cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm bringing a doggy bag and a lunchbox. <laughs> I'm bringing my, my my Incredibles lunchbox, so I don't have to eat none of that awful uh, European food. Oh, mm. I can taste the beans and toast from here. I'm good. <laughs> Ooh, beans and toast sound good right now. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> You deserve better, Dave. You deserve better than being so. Well, that's the show. Kaz, you want to get your plugs in? Oh, um, y'all want to talk and break the news that happened during the show? What happened? what happened during the show? John Cena booked for the next seven weeks of SmackDown. Oh, oh. wow. Okay. <laughs> so we got to... We gotta... The first good thing to come out of the Hollywood strike. <laughs> to say. Is it kind of messed up that Gorge was on here talking about, I don't think we're going to have the Rock Cubs during the strike. It seems like... Peace, bitches. <laughs> I got smacked now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, damn, that is some breaking news. That is, that is. Okay, so uh, th- does that take us to what? Survivor Series? Friday, October 27th in Milwaukee. That's the last show, but yeah. Huh. Um, that could set up. I mean, he could extend the dates, but yeah. Oh, wow. That's going to be really interesting, man. It's payback and fast lane. I think I'm oh, going to go on Friday. Going on Friday? Where's where's SmackDown at? Hershey, PA. Oh, that's not far. Okay. Not, yeah, it's not not bad for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Damn, Cena's back. He's like back back for two months. Yeah. <sighs> are we going to, are we going to shotgun a title onto him for seven weeks? What are we doing? What title would you give him? Man. What if he just beat Roman Reigns? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, if he's doing exclusively SmackDown, um, look as is it is it SmackDown just SmackDown shows, Brian? Yes, just yeah, it looks like it. Okay. Oh uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like Gunther would be a. I think I'd, I'd want to see seeing a Gunther, but he's a raw guy. But that doesn't stop people before. He was throwing up those Gunther pics on his Instagram That's a while true. back. That's true. Maybe he gets involved with LA Knight somehow, or, or the oh, Miz, yeah. and. I don't know. Maybe that's the move. Who knows? It's going to be interesting, though. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it will. Um, well, that's big news. Thanks for telling us, Brian. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Kaz, want to get your plugs in? Yes. Um, catch me on uh, Point It. Point It. Wow. Count it. On Points Bet <laughs> USA. Jeez. Uh, um, I don't have much to plug. So, say Less is coming back in September. A new logo, new look, new fresh everything. Can't wait for y'all to see the whole new uh, reveal for our podcast. And thank you guys for being so patient uh, for for kicking with me on that. And um, that's about it, man. That's about it. I got some more stuff to plug soon, but uh, when it's official, I'll talk about it here. Uh, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. You can find me here on Friday nights reviewing Heels Season 2 with Ben Lindbergh. Oh, forgot to mention this last week. Uh, I appear at least briefly in this uh, trailer for this new Netflix show, Wrestlers, about OVW. Yes. Not involved in the production of this show, uh, but I did go down to Louisville and 
work as a talking head for a few hours. So um, I, I I know I pop up in it a little bit, but I'm very very excited for that show. I caught, it's going to be. I caught the first episode on the on the on the on the joint you sent me, and it's a uh, it's a great watch. Wrestling Doc's always hit different. It's always hit different. Check it out, man. It's a good one. Well, good. check it well, out I'm when it drops. You, I guess <laughs> I'm glad you like it so far. Yeah, for now, watch the trailer. Get excited. It'll be out soon. Anyway. Check all that stuff out. Be sure to listen to all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, GP Wednesday Worldwide, and of course, The Masked Man Show with Kaz. Thank you to our producer, Brian H. Waters. Thanks to Kaz. Thank you all for listening. Uh, apologies, as always, to John Moxley, and one more RIP for Wyndham Rotunda. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.